Welcome back to the new and improved 30 Rack of Sports, Ohio's preeminent sports and beer podcast. I am Greg, the hostess with the mostest. And to my right is a man who's now nicknamed Chief Woho for all his hypocritical takes on the Indians logo. It's Zach. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing great, great. Glad to be back. Uh, the whole noon and proof thing. I thought you were going to be gone. I was told by Josh we were replacing you, so that was a disappointment. But I was told we were replacing you, so glad we're on the same page. Glad back, I guess. All righty. And to my left, the producer, a guy who somehow was able to wear an FCC jersey after last night, who honestly looks oh. like he would have been a better defensive option than what the... Uh, what FCC put out there whatever, last night. Whatever you want to call that, yeah. It's Josh. Josh, how are we doing today? Uh, you see, I still wore my jersey, uh, and... A true I, fan, Josh, true fan. Yeah, yeah, you gotta stay humble. Uh, and I, I think the, uh, the boys were humbled last night by our brothers, our big brother up north. Oh! Even well, you found you found out that hell is real hell is because real you're living in it being hell, an FCC hell fan. Hell is when Kendall Waston is your captain and can't defend worth a damn. But anyway, we'll get to that later. I'm we'll, glad to be back. We'll get to that later. Uh, we've got our new show format. We're talking. We're still drinking beer. We're still talking sports, but we've got some new segments. Josh, uh, all of our social media now is under the same house, same tag, thirty rack of sports. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that you can find at 30 Rack of Sports. Um, also, any uh, inquiries, any mailbag questions, any business questions, 30 Rack Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to reach out to us on all of our social media platforms. Well, before we get into it, you know, it's time for a beer. Beer? Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's and our beer of the week for this week is Bootsy IPA from Fretboard Brewing in Blue Ash, Ohio. It's very crisp. Mm-hmm. It's very crisp. Um, I like the different hops in it. Um, I especially love uh, the can design here with the uh, oh, big guy on it, yeah. Bootsy Collins. A lot of good stuff, and thank you to Fretboard for the beer. It is. Yeah, it's been, uh, they've been doing a lot of cool stuff over at Fretboard, and this one in particular, uh, won gold at the 2019 U.S. Open Beer Champions, uh, and part, portions of the proceeds of this beer will go to the Bootsy Collins Foundation still. They've got all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah. Wow. BootsyCollinsFoundation.com or .org. Um, head there, check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff they're doing. But, yeah, portions of this go to that, uh, Bootsy Collins Foundation, 7% IPA, yeah. Not too hoppy, but... No, it's, it's still good. Yeah, I was just thinking... And if you want to if you want to check it out, once again, go down to Fretboard Brewing in Blue Ash, Ohio, or there are cans at, uh, you know, various gas stations and, and markets across Ohio, but not outside Ohio. No. The local drive no. What are they... They got a... Oh, they got like live music and stuff at fretboard. Oh yeah, it's nice. It's like uh, it's it almost looks like a giant garage that they can kind of open the side of. I mean, yeah. I've been there for like yeah. trivia night and stuff like that. They have uh, they have food and whatnot Ooh. there. 
Yeah, what's that? that like nachos? Yeah, they have some like loaded pulled pork Ooh. nachos and whatnot. It's definitely, I mean, if you haven't been down there and you're in the Cincinnati area, it's definitely worth a try. There's some very good beer, some good food, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, some good work being done with yeah. the Bootsy Beer. With Greg. Last night, the Hell is Real Derby returned for the MLS's back tournament, where the crew shellacked FCC four to nothing. Uh, 27 minute super free kick by Lucas L. Ryan opened the scoring, compounded with a Jossie Zardes double, one just three minutes later, and a Mukhtar nightcap to make the crew dream start an FC Cincinnati nightmare. Also, baseball's back, almost. Just 12 days until the MLB season is supposed to start in Ohio with the Reds hosting Detroit and the Tribe welcoming Kansas City. Playoff hockey is also announced. The Columbus Blue Jackets will restart their quest for a Stanley Cup in Toronto August 2nd when they face the Maple Leafs in the qualifying round. Also, as sports is restarting in some places, Corona still starts to affect more sports, such as college football, where the Big Ten has announced the uh, a conference-only schedule for now, canceling both Ohio State's trip to Eugene to play the Oregon Ducks and UC's trip to Lincoln to face the Cornhuskers of Nebraska. And those are the OH headlines. And now time for the over and the under, where we take overs and unders from our friends at William Hill Sportsbook, and we decide whether or not they will go over or under. So uh, with baseball coming back in the next couple weeks, this over-under segment is highly filled up with baseball. Um, of course, a nice I Ohio know. flair, too. So, highly, filled highly filled up. Highly, highly filled, filled, up. filled up. Highly filled up. Highly filled up. Greatly increased. Yeah. Greatly <laughs> volume. Largely used within. That's bigly right there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To us. We're starting off with um, wins for Ohio teams. So we'll start off in Northeast Ohio with the Indians. Over under for, once again, a 60-game season this year. Set at 32 and a half for the Indians. Uh, last year at the 60-game point, the Indians were right at 500, 30 and 30. We'll start with the, the big tribe fan to the right of me. Zach, you're going to take the over or oh, the under? I'm taking the over, Greg, with the schedule broken down to just NL Central foes and then their AL Central foes. Uh, who, besides the Twins, they really dominated the AL Central last year. 40 wins. 40 wins, no doubt. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on this just because you've got two and a half to three teams that are really non-competitive in that division. Oh, yeah, I mean, and the Royals and Tigers are complete rebuilding. Yeah. Tear down. And then the White Sox are, are maybe a little frisky, but still, you know, kind of rebuilding. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I'm hoping we'll, we all agree on the Ohio teams um, <laughs> here. But, yeah, for the Indians, uh, they've, they've got the pitching depth still. And uh, like you said, Zach, the, taking on the AL Central uh, should be should benefit them well. I'm going over. All right, from Northeast Ohio to Southwest Ohio, we're going with the Reds next. Slightly less on the over-under here. 31 and a half wins. Bulked up the roster mm -hmm. quite a bit since last year. We'll start with the Reds fan, Josh. 
Josh, over or under 31 and a half wins for the uh, Red Legs? Over, over. I'm going over. Um, the Reds have just added so much depth, uh, like pitching-wise. Plus, you get the DH now. Oh, with yeah. The loaded lineup that you already had, over for the Reds. Zach, where are you going for this one? I'm going to go over. I'm going to put a number. I'm going to say 36. Uh, some of the things what Josh was saying, I think um, I think for a team that spent some money in the offseason, made some moves, um, <clears throat> still has some you know good pitching depth, uh, I think the 60 game, if those ever longer shut turn 62 games, I think there'd be bumps in the road, but I think the 60 game season's built for these kind of teams who made some quick moves. Um, and like you pointed out, I did a DH. I think the Reds were one of the NL teams who set up to fully embrace the DH role. Or I think some of the other NL teams, that might still be a weak spot for them. Yeah. They have an extra hitter. Yeah, especially considering you look at the Reds, they have you know some platoon guys that can play well. I mean, they picked up Castellanos, who was a good DH you know at times for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. They've got Moustakas, who they can give a day off to. Right. Obviously, Suarez was a home run hitter. Um, I'm going to be the only contrarian on this, and I'm going to take oh, the under. Sure. Oh, and it's, once again, yeah, more <laughs> or less. It's not because I don't believe in the Reds' moves, but I think, unlike the AL Central, I think the NL Central is just such a competitive division, mm-hmm. and there are, you know, four solid teams in the league, and I just wonder, with all the moves being made, how quickly they're going to be able to mesh some of these players together, you know, sometimes in a new situation, players are trying too hard, and especially with a shortened season. So you wonder if there might be some bumps in the road. So I would expect them to go under, but as it was shown with you guys, they still have a solid roster. So if they went over, it wouldn't surprise me. But if, you know, if I had to pick one right now, I would say under, just because of, you know, the three other really solid teams in the Cubs, Cardinals, and Brewers in the division. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jeez. Got your contrarian hat on. Got my contrarian hat on. All right. Going from wins to just overall stats, um, William Hill has set the most home runs by a player in a 60-game season, 19 and a half. So, Josh, do you think any player in the MLB will reach the 20 home run mark this year? Um, I think it's possible. Um, I think it's possible. Like, if you look back um, on Peter Lonzo's, uh, his skid, he he went right at that mark at about 20 home runs in a 60-game span twice that season. Um, he did hit a slump, so that's the only thing that you got to worry about if the guy hits a slump or not. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, third baseman for the Reds last year, he just all of a sudden right at the end there smacked 23 home runs in like a 40-day span or something like that. So anyone can get hot. But it's, I think, these kind of things, and we'll talk about batting average, you can't hit that slump. Right. I think three guys. I'm so, three guys. So I am going over. I do think it will happen. I think someone will get on a tear and be able to maintain it for at least as long as they need to to hit 20 home runs. All right, Zach, you said well over as well. I think three guys will hit at least 20. Yeah, yeah, I think... Um, I think what this is game season is going to be weird. So I think guys are either going to be in a slump the whole season or they're going to be hot. That's usually like you kind of see yeah. hot guys who are slump or hot. Everybody's going to be hot or cold. That's it. There's not going to be the up and down. I think there's going to be at least three guys who go on a tear and can pop out 20 home runs. I'm going to agree with you guys, but I actually have a different point. My biggest thought when I saw 60 game season was the big issue that I think some of the guys have is early, you know, early in the season, especially in mm-hmm. places like, Cleveland or Chicago or Detroit, 
it's like 30 degrees oh, yeah. and the ball doesn't fly. We're yeah. starting in August. Oh, yeah. So if someone gets off to a, you know, especially pitchers trying to find their groove, if someone gets out to a fast start, uh-huh. they'll be hitting bombs oh, yeah. for quite a while. So I expect to see someone get over the 20 home run plateau, and I, I would expect to see multiple just like, um, just like you said, Zach. From the hitters to the pitchers, though, mm-hmm. uh, next we have um, highest number of wins for a starting pitcher. Eight and a half. Now, this is interesting because maybe a quicker hook this year, but also yeah. potentially more starts with a shorter rotation with only a 60-game season. So what are you going to take on this, Zach? Well, I think it depends if they get what the teams do. I mean, what I mean, if you're, if you're still going to stick, I think the image is still playing on a five-man rotation. That's limiting 12 starts max, probably, per starter. Oh, man. Um... I mean, I think, yeah, I think somebody will. And then there'll be that one guy. There'll be one guy. And then there could be that one, like a DeGrom or somebody who you see who has the ability to go deep into ball games. Um, That's all you need. Yeah. One, I think, so. he, you know, he could have like 12 decisions. I guess it depends on, you know, how quick the hooks are going to be. Um, I think somebody will. All right. So, Zach going over. Josh, what about you? I'm going under. Um, I do think this is like the most intriguing one we have here mm-hmm. um, because. Yeah, anything could kind of happen yeah, with I mean, a pitch with a pitcher, um, and it all depends on like we've talked about at the end of the season. If it's close, do you do more kind of long stretch bullpen games right. and take off your fifth man? Even so, a regular starter on a regular schedule all the way through is going to probably pitch in twelve games. Right. Even if he gets twelve decisions in all of those games that's still, you're looking at having to go nine and three mm. and have a decision. And I'm not saying it can't happen. I just think that's going to be pretty difficult to do. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to kind of agree with Josh on this one. And I, once again, if someone like DeGrom or like Scherzer does it, you'd be mm. like, all right, yeah, fair. Sure, but yeah. I just think, once again, the hook's going to be very quick. And then also it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, a pitcher can come out hot. Because one of the things that, you know, may come up later is, there's not a whole, you know, there's not a whole spring training like you get anymore. Yeah. So you wonder how much they're going to be able to stretch out these guys right away and, uh, you know, how consistent they're going to be and how ready these pitchers are going to be. Because, you know, some of these guys, especially these starting pitchers, you need to have two or three pitches ready to go if you really want to go deep into a game. Mm-hmm. And if they just don't have a feel for that early in the season, then, then that could cause some issues. Uh, I think another really intriguing one that we have, and this is our, our last one for the over-under, is um, what the best batting average would be. And there's been some stories, you know, about, I wonder if a guy could hit 400 for, um, you know, a 60-game stretch. And, you know, some guys have gotten really hot or really cold and, you know, hit 100 or 400 during 60-game stretches. But uh, right now, the over-under set for the best batting average by a player in this 60-game season is uh, 345. So we'll kick it over to you first, Zach. Do you think any player will hit over the 345 plateau? Um, man, it's kind of like the pitcher wins. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna go over on all of them. Yeah, I think somebody will. I think somebody could hit three, you know, 350 this year. I don't think that's an absurd thing. Again, I'm talking about the short time frame you have. You got 60 games. Um, yeah, I think it's very likely that somebody would get hot for 60 games is nothing. 
So yeah, I mean, you see like a guy like um, Jose Ramirez, you know, we're talking earlier before the show, hot and cold like crazy. But again, he gets hot for 60 games. He's just pounding out two, two for threes every night. Yeah, he's a guy that can hit 160 for two months and, right. and you know, 360 for another two months. Uh, Josh, what do you think on this one? Uh, this one's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's probably the most difficult one to pick, I think, but I'm going under, under 345. Just because, to go against your logic, Zach, guys go on those streaks and everything, but like I was saying with the home runs, if, if you hit even a little bit of a skid, oh, yeah. all it takes is maybe like one series right. that could ruin the whole thing. I yeah. mean, guys have come close in the past 20 years to doing this, but I, I forget who I was reading about. They needed like 10 more hits, and they would have done it. Yeah. And like 10 at-bats that you went cold on or something like that. That's all it would take to ruin it. Um, now, 345, that's not difficult. Like, everyone's wondering if there's going to be uh, someone who hits 400. I don't think that no. happens either. Um, I'm going under on 345, but just barely. All right, so looking at 2019, the uh, top player for average was Tim Anderson. He hit 335 over the course of uh, 162 games, but he also... You know, he played in, I think, only about 130 of those games. Mm -hmm. So the other thing is, though it's 60 games, you know, batters, maybe some off days, you're looking at a guy probably realistically 50 to 55 games. Right. And the one thing that really worries me is, once again, the the lack of spring training. And you see some guys, you know, not be able to pick up the ball too well, you know, beginning the season or coming into spring training because of, you know, not being used to it. But I just think there's going to be one guy that can go on a tear that, you know, maybe will be close to 400 after oh, yeah. the first month and then just be able to maybe hang on. Because I think the season's just too short that just one guy is going to go crazy because there's always that one guy that after, you know, the first month or the first three weeks, you're like, well, he's on pace to hit. 90 home runs and right. bat, you know, 414 or whatever. And obviously he falls off, but... There's a lot less time for him to get tired and fall off, especially if you have a few off days sprinkled in there and you're only looking at, at 50 to 55 games. So That's what I'm saying. I think one guy at 30 teams, I think it'll be a guy that no one really expects. So it'll just be one of those random career yep. year kind of deals where you got hot for two months. Oh, yeah, he's got hot for two months. Yep, so that's our over-under. Uh, Zach taking a bunch of overs. Josh and I sprinkling in a couple unders there. But uh, let us know on our social media at 30 rack podcast on facebook twitter and now instagram at 30 rack of sports at 30 rack of sports on instagram together, what right. you think these over and unders will will deal with because william hill has set some pretty tough over unders i think especially with the the wins and the average so it's going to be a crazy season and i think we're all really excited to see what happens next Yeah, let us know, and then we'll keep track of these, too, and uh, revisit it at the uh, end of the baseball season. I'll be all right, so. And we move on to our first conversation topic of the day, sports in these times. With sports being in an interesting spot this year with the coronavirus and all the civil unrest, I know, shocking, Zach. There's a pandemic? Maybe. There's unrest? (laughs) Please wear your mask. Please wear your mask so we can have football. But we want to discuss what we think is the biggest story right now or in the future with some of this unrest, both 
politically, pandemically, and socially, just socially. Yeah. So Zach, we'll, we'll start with you. What's your What's your big story? My big oh, man. There's a lot. I I honestly, I'm more curious. Uh, I think with the football, especially college football. I think that's the sport I'm given the least likelihood of getting anywhere off the ground. You know, the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC have announced they're doing, they're going to conference only. Um, and for that, for me, I'm hoping means that Notre Dame's going to get screwed uh, super hard. You know, they claim they they shouldn't have to be in a conference. Everybody knows they should be in the Big Ten. I think they will Definitely, whether or not we'll have college football is a I big don't, deal. I don't think we will, which is a bummer, because I think this is like this Ohio State team. I mean, all set for the national shit. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's curious to see because it's such, it's such a, you know, regional thing. Like, what, what we are dealing with in Ohio isn't nearly the same that they're dealing with in Florida. Or oh, Texas, no, what, Texas which also, or Arizona. I want to shout out uh, Governor DeWine. Uh, yeah. Not I always mean, agree with his politics, but uh, I think out of anybody handled... Yeah, I mean, I think, situation I think in general, like, um, the Ohio government and then we as Ohioans, like, I think every, most of us oh, have, yeah. are doing our part. I mean, I was at Kroger, writings. you know, the mask mandate went into effect, and I was at Kroger the other day, and I was expecting people still not to do it. It was like 90% of the people in there were wearing masks, which I was pretty surprised. I mean, good, but I was pretty surprised by that. I, yeah. I think, I think... Especially, especially in Ohio, like we all live in Cincinnati, but I like I would imagine it's the case in yeah. all the other. We're we're all pretty similar throughout Pragmatic the state. Pragmatic people. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, most people are, are are doing a better job than social media would have you believe. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, and I mean, probably in you know, especially in the big cities where it's it's kind of getting big, and obviously, you know, in some rural areas. You kind of wonder because it's it doesn't quite hit as close to home, you know, with with just yeah. the, the small amount of people. But it'll be certainly interesting to to keep track on that. Josh, what do you have for your big headline going forward? Um, my my big headline right now is uh like sports viewership. Um, mm. you know, sports sports always serve as like the thing that like you know whether it's like us you know getting together to watch the Columbus Crew versus FC Cincinnati game, you know. You know, that's not fun for me to see my team lose and Greg and I as opposing fans will take our jabs at each other. Shout out the crew. But at the end of the day, we got together to, you know, have some brewskis watch yeah. the game and I wouldn't trade that for the world. Sports is what brings us all together. Mm -hmm. And I think you can definitely see that when you look at the numbers. Like NASCAR is up almost 50%. The Brickyard 400 that just happened was up nearly 50% viewership than it was last year. People MLS, are fiending for sports. MLS yeah. viewership is up 20%. Golf is up 26%. The uh, NWSL, women's soccer, uh, that drew half a million viewers on CBS the other really? day. Uh, shout out yeah. Rose LaBelle tearing it up wow. uh, right now. But uh, La Liga, the Spanish League, that's up 50% in its first week back. So you're seeing like these... And I know even things. like uh, as, as the large Australian rules football fan of this podcast... The only they are yeah. they are putting it on ESPN and stuff now. Yeah. It used to just be one game a week. Now they're yeah. showing all the games because people are just fiending well, for sports. Also to jump on that, uh, 
the South Korean bands play. What yeah. kind of that's yeah. been fun to watch, and obviously they're, and they're there. It's huge, and the fans get into it. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah, and it's cool there. to watch like some of the the bat flips and whatnot. Oh yeah, so. those guys just have a blast with it. Um, I mean, it's not it's not the same, and it's been it's been cool to see not just the viewership increase, but also what they're doing within the broadcasts. Mm-hmm. And that you're getting like the MLS's back tournament, for example. Yeah. Like you're getting these different sponsorship ideas, different camera angles. What I thought has been the most interesting is getting to see like when they do a shot of the goalkeeper and getting to hear him direct his field. Yeah, that's been his so cool. Where to go. And then you have your announcers on that, or you can go to the Skycam thing that they have mm-hmm. and you can watch soccer and kind of like a, a 2K. Yeah. You know, the video game format where you're kind of vertically going down the field. Um, you don't really get that in soccer a lot on soccer broadcasts. So just all the different ideas that they're doing. Um, yeah, with no fans, no yeah. crowd, the smaller stadium, it's, it's you, certainly a different outlook. you got to hand it to production crews for thinking in outside the box and trying to give people this entertainment and this need for sports that we have. Right. Um, and the same thing, I think, since, you know, where the Ohio beer, Ohio sports topic, the same thing can be said about Ohio breweries doing what they need to do in investing in, you know, online ordering, delivery, pickup, delivery, ice yeah. cream trucks, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah, basically. I know like Rheingeist uh, and Madrid, Mad yeah. uh, kind ones. of had sections like on Monday, the east side of Cincinnati, like you could order on that day. And then on Tuesday, they served the west side. On Wednesday, they served the suburbs on delivery service. All the different things that people are coming up with on the sports side, on the brewery side, on all those things bring people, mm-hmm. you know, together. The innovation's been awesome to see. You know, my big headline kind of piggybacks on that. Some of the changes, you know, with some civil unrest, you know, some breweries stepping up. But the real interesting thing is, you know, something that hits close to home with the Indians, but just the name changes that are kind of coming up. You see uh, the Washington football team, you know, considering a name yeah. change. The Indians considering a name change, and then also some um, some other sports teams, you know, like the Chiefs, the Blackhawks, stuff like that, considering name changes. And it's one of those things that you don't really think, and it's you know, it's such a ingrained part of society. But you also look, you know, they're probably 15 years beyond college. There's a list of you know 20 college teams that have you know most notably in Ohio, you know. the Miami Redskins changed to the Red Hawks. So right. it's one of those things that'll be interesting to see how Mini-mini. the ownership decides to go about it, how the fans decide to, you know, what can happen. Because you understand that you lose some history, but it's it's kind of fun to be able to, you know, think about a new team, think about a new oh, logo, yeah. buy a new yeah. shirt I'm, or something. I'm bad about I'm bad about it. I'm all for if it's not the spiders, I'm gonna be very upset. Um Two reasons. Spiders make sense. It's a very seldom used sports team name. Logo's dope as hell. And it has history, as that was the previous professional team before what we know as the Indians. Cy Young pitched for the Spiders. Um, No, I agree. It's going to be done. Um, In my whole opinion on it is I love the Indians name. I liked the Chief Wahoo. Obviously, the Chief Wahoo very clearly was very inappropriate. I know some people question the name. Well, no, it's not like the Redskins. Fair. It's not. But the Indians know they botched the Chief Wahoo thing. They've had multiple opportunities to engage with the Native American societies who've asked to engage. They rebuffed them. 
Um, no, they just need to get in front of it. I mean, it's probably going to be And honestly, now that they... Anyway. Yeah, and now that they don't have the any sort of Chief Wahoo logo, it's just it's the Black Sea. Yeah, that's just, just a yeah, plain logo. Just, and it's like, at this point, you might as well try to rebrand and have something more interesting. I people don't want to buy a Black Sea I think the ownership realized they screwed up previously. Now it's, it's we got to get away from it. I mean, we, at a certain yeah. point, like... Like, yeah, you can say, like, because, yeah, I like the Sweet Chief Wahoo logo and everything, and it's part of the Indian's history and everything. But at the same time, like, everyone needs to realize, like, we're at the head of of history here as a society. We either, like, we're moving forward on from this. And I know that's hard for some people to wrap their heads around and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, We've seen that on multiple. Yeah, we've we've seen that. Not everyone disagrees or agrees. Um, Plenty of people disagree, but... You know, you you can either jump forward, like you were saying, Greg, like we have an opportunity to create the new thing here mm. where it's better that we just recognize people as people. I mean, especially in Ohio, where we have a really rich history of Native American oh, uh, heritage yeah. in Ohio. Oh, yeah. To have a sports team named the Cleveland Indians and to use a red-skinned logo like that. Yeah super offensive yeah. and and whether you were ignorant to that before like like we were saying we personally i were, personally yeah, yeah I, I, you know yeah. like the logo or not um i own stuff with the chief yeah, wahoo you know, i wore them yesterday josh had a pool right, party right. and i got shit and fairly enough i got shit for it uh yeah it's it's time to move forward the indians want it to be about baseball and they recognize that you know again the chief wahoo thing was a debacle it was it was an embarrassment for the organization. You know, we had Major League Baseball say, "We're going to take the All Star Game away from you unless you do this." I mean, yeah, and like, I think it's one of these debacle. It's one of these things that can help them in the future because it helps to, if you change the name, it focuses on baseball. Right. And you know what? It probably helps out the team because, you know, I mean, as someone that roots for the Indians, mm-hmm. and you're obviously you know the big Indians fan here. Yeah. I you know I have I have a ton of family that's Indians fans. I know a ton of people that would say once they change the name, I'll go right out and buy. Oh yeah, I'm saving up money now because right. I'm gonna splurge yeah, yeah. like hundreds of dollars on new gear. Yeah, well, I, I think it just comes to the head of all all of our all of our you know headlines here of where we are in mm-hmm. sports times and just in times in general is that like we agree that sports and and beer bring people together and everything. And when you look at it from like a Native American standpoint, like, would you feel okay going to a Cleveland Indians game where their mascot is a cartoonish-looking version of you, and they're all doing like no. tribal chants? No, you would that wouldn't. would that make you feel welcomed and included? No, no, you no. wouldn't. And I know some people and some Native Americans have come out and said that they're indifferent about the name, but I get the point. Is you can't have the logo. Right, you're restricted again. You had every opportunity to do what Florida State did. Florida State reached out to the Seminole tribe. They made the changes they asked, and there you got full blessing. They had these opportunities. Yeah. They squandered them. Right. It's They need to get out in front of it and just move on. And you bring yeah. up a great point of where, like, a lot of people's arguments is that we're not making fun of them. We're honoring them yeah. or something. But there's a difference That's between not for us to decide. Yeah, us making that decision as, you know, white executive base, billionaire baseball owners. <laughs> yeah. Or there's a difference between doing that and what Florida State did, where you actually mm-hmm. connect with these tribes mm-hmm. and, yeah, do exactly as they make those changes, yeah. get their blessing, and then that's including them. That's the inclusion, the, the empathy, 
right. you know, the community that you search for in, in sports and beer. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a very important, you know, topic and, and issue that's, that's going to probably keep coming up both in the baseball and football and sports world. And probably on this podcast, especially if, you know, names start to change here pretty soon. So be sure, you know, as far as that topic or any other topic, be sure to reach out to us on our social media. What's the biggest headline for you going into, you know, these restarted seasons as sports starts to restart in Ohio and across the country on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. What's the tag, Josh? Uh, at 30 Rack of Sports. At 30 all Rack of, our, of Sports. All of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at 30 Rack of Sports. And now, Zach's reciting of the comic. collaboration with Bootsy Collins Foundation, what started as an experimental IPA took gold at the 2019 U.S. Open Beer Championship. This IPA is front-loaded with bright and funky citrus and finishes crisp and, and dry and is approved by the Grand Funkmaster himself. And once again, a portion of all proceeds benefits the Bootsy Collins Foundation. Um, and for those, of the, for those of you who are not familiar with Bootsy Collins, um, he was born in Cincinnati. What, so what? Cincinnatian. Um, William Earl Bootsy Collins is an American musician and singer-songwriter, rising to prominence with James Brown in the early 70s and later with Parliament Funkadelic. Collins' driving bass guitar and humorous vocals established him as one of the leading names in funk. He is a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, inducted in 1997. So, that's Bootsy, and once again, we're drinking Bootsy by Fretboard Brewing Company. Also has some interesting songs about the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I was really about to bring that up. Mm. Funkadelic, like tracks down for the Bengals, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. nice. Oh, the Funk Squad. What's brewing, Ohio? Uh, we get discussing what's uh, what's going on in the brewery world of Ohio, um, and there's actually some cool stuff going on. Revisiting one of our old breweries that we've had on the show is the beer of the week. You guys remember when we had uh, Royal Docks on? Oh, um, yeah. from what a beer! Up in Canton, they're opening up a second location. They're opening up a fooder house. Um, now, what is a fooder house? Yeah, a fooder house uh, focuses on so you can age things, and and I might be totally talking out my butt here, but <laughs> that's usually what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, it, uh, it's like a wood barrel aging process. Yes. Um, so they've got like these big fooder barrels um, in the middle of their space there, and this is in North Canton. Shout out North Canton. Shout out North Canton Hoover. And this is going to be their place where they focus on wood-aged be uh, beers and brews. Um, so Royal Docks Brewing, uh, Fooder, Royal Docks Fooder House is what it's called. It's in North Canton, focusing on the wood-aged beers. Should be pretty cool. Um, something we haven't had on the show, but is a 30-minute drive right out of Columbus. If you're looking for something cool, Granville Brewing Company. Uh, you know, like we were talking about, breweries are trying to find different ways to you know, innovate things. Yeah. So they've got some land, they've got a barn. So they're doing barnyard seating and they've actually oh. got a beer to go with it. Um, the out, uh, down on the farmhouse ale. <laughs> so check the weather, pull up, a, get some lawn chairs and then you can go sit out 
and the barnyard, some down on the farm, get yourself a down on the farm house. I, mean, I mean, drinking beer out in the country is just it's it's quite the time. I'm sure Zach, you would know. Well, down 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 say, if you're up in the Columbus area, 30 minutes east uh, out, out on 70, uh, Granville Brewing Company is doing that. And then the other thing that I think you guys will be excited about and the whole state's going to be buzzing about, I think, is we've got a collaboration between Rheingeist and Masthead Brewing. Rheingeist and Cincinnati Masthead in Cleveland. Stop. Collaborate and listen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's called Space Vibes. The can is super cool looking. Whoa. And it is a West Coast style Imperial Whoa. Imperial IPA. Oh, yeah. Uh, That'll put you squarely yeah. on your butt. It will. It we is had a, an Imperial IPA uh, on Friday, and I uh, about... Yep, it'll, it is, uh, it's sitting at 8.5%. Yeah. It's got Strata, uh, uh, Columbus, and Citra hops. It looks really good. It's hitting stores. Uh, you week. love the Citra hops. Uh, so it's in a Are can. Are we doing that next week? We, uh, I say next week? I might as well make it next week beer if it's yeah. hitting uh, stores this good week. Good thing I've got a nice couch for now. Really cool can. Mm-hmm. I think the state's going to be buzzing about it. That's what's brewing in Ohio. Real quick, want to do our pod partner of the week. Shout out to a Bolstered Up Sports Podcast. Uh, Brian Bolster doing his podcast out of Boone, North Carolina. Shout out App State. Yeah, yeah App State. Um, in Boone. He, uh, you can find him on social media on Twitter at Bolstered Up Sports uh, with underscores in between. Or you can find him on Twitter at his awesome Twitter <laughs> handle, BS underscore takes. Uh-huh. That seems like something that's more up our alley. But, Fantastic. You know, uh, but if you want to, uh, you know, we haven't really talked about like Cam getting signed by the Patriots. Yeah. Um, he's got a good discussion on that. He also just discussed J.R. Smith on his last uh, mailbag podcast. So some of the stuff the you soup guys... Thrower. The soup thrower. If, uh, if you guys are missing us talking about some of that more national stuff um, and want an expert's take on the NFC East or J.R. Smith moves, Bolstered Up Sports Podcast, their pod partner of the week. Now it's time for... Grandmaster Great Trivia Emporium. Alrighty, it's now time for Grandmaster Greg's Trivia Emporium, where I've got the knowledge, I've got the questions... I've got the fire. Hopefully you guys have the answers. Hopefully you guys don't embarrass yourself. Probably will. So, um, I've got some trivia, sort of having to do with what all is going on now in current times, and we'll see if you guys can answer these five questions correctly. Alrighty, number one. This season's schedule in Major League Baseball does not include the Cubs versus the Braves for the first time since 1873 ending the longest non-interrupted series in American sports history after 146 seasons. Last time it was not played, 1873, how many balls were required for a walk? So right now, obviously, four balls for a walk. 1873, how many? It was three, right? Zach says three. Josh? I'm going five. The answer. Three. Mm. Ooh. Base on balls were developed in 1866 because of uh, too many potential unfair pitches. Uh, was set to three balls, but many players did not want to take the walk because they thought it was not right. So in 1875, it was changed all the way up to nine balls and then eventually brought back down to four. That's what I was going to say. I thought it increased at one point. So it did increase. So God. that is one for Zach. Bada-bing. 
All right. Number two, staying in baseball. Another big scheduling update for this season is though certain uh, interleague games are playing, interleague games are still happening, which is still a relatively new thing since 1997, including the first ever regular season game for the Reds and the Indians in 1997. The question is, on June 16th, 1997, at Jacobs Field in Cleveland, who was the first player to ever take an at-bat in the Battle of Ohio? Oh, oh man, that's so a good it's, one. It's this a is a uh, question. This is a player that you guys definitely both know. Barry Larkin? Josh? Yeah, that's. I was going to go Barry Larkin, I think. But I, I don't want to uh, say he let off. I know. That's what I don't I don't know. that. Uh, I mean, you know, you would know the red 97 better than I would. Final answer, Josh. I'm gonna go Sean Casey. Sean Casey. I'm gonna go Sean Casey. Going Barry Larkin? Yeah. That's a good one, though. You guys are both incorrect. I will give you a quick hint. He is a famous athlete. Not exactly a famous baseball player. Deion Sanders. Deion oh, Sanders. Deion Sanders. Yeah. yeah, I was like, who uh, was quick on that team? Deion Sanders. As a bonus mm. question, he struck out in his first at bat against this starting pitcher. Ninety-seven. Oh, Maybe a famous Los Angeles Dodger. Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser. Yeah. Very good. I was wondering if it was Oral or Nagy. Okay. So number three, switching from baseball to hockey. With the NHL choosing Edmonton and Ontario as its two hub cities for the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup will be lifted victoriously in Canada for the first time since this year. Hmm. God. (laughs) The last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup was in the early 90s with the Montreal Canadiens, but I did not say Canadian team. Right. I just said lifted in Canada. Vancouver... It's probably Vancouver. Uh, dang, one was that though. The question is the team. No, no year. The year. I'm trying to figure. Vancouver lost. It wasn't Vancouver. I could be completely wrong. I don't know much about hockey. Uh, what year? I think 2012, maybe. Okay, 2012. Uh, Josh, what about you? Uh, I'm going 2009. Zach, so, so close. Oh. 2011, oh, Boston beats Vancouver oh, in Game 7 of the 2011 Stanley Cup. Vancouver riots. That's why I remembered that was the riots. Okay, yeah, 2011, dang. I was... All right. Number four, going over to soccer, possibly uh, with something that happened last night. <laughs> Though FC Cincinnati has only been around since 2016 and the Hell is Real Derby has only been played four times, there's actually been a small amount of crossover between the clubs. How many players have suited up for both the crew and FC Cincinnati? Also, just as a point of order, this includes both the USL and MLS version of FC Cincinnati. Okay, good point of order. Um... Whew, there were a lot last night, actually, and uh, just over the past year, I know, we've at least swapped two guys. Oh, wow. Eleven? I, I don't think it's that much. I'm going to go know. with seven. It's only two. 
Oh, really? It's actually two. Oh, yeah. wow. So, um, recently, current uh, FCC forward Kakuna Manea has uh, played three months with the crew in 2017 and then now plays for FC Cincinnati. And then my favorite one, Christian <laughs> Martinez, who was a former crew player, was loaned to FC Cincinnati for four days in 2018, <laughs> made one appearance recalled four days after getting sent down I, I i might i might throw in uh are you saying we've they've sh they've shared these players that's the question no they've played for both teams they've played for both teams okay yeah. well you've got fernando adi he hasn't made an appearance yet okay uh derek etienne jr has he made it was technically on loan with us last year has he made, he made an appearance okay. last night in the game so well then maybe God, maybe it would be three. get it together man all righty and then Number five, with so it's three then. Yeah, so it's three. So both of you guys were still wrong. Yeah, Doesn't matter. True. I mean, nobody gets a point on that. I feel like it should be null and void since the man didn't even have the right answer. Uh, <laughs> first off, don't you dare. <laughs> null and void is us. None of us getting points, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I guess. Fine. All right, and the fifth one, with winter sports restarting, only one of Ohio's two winter sports professional teams, the Columbus Blue Jackets, will be involved. In the playoffs, but the Cavs not qualifying. When was the last time both the Cavs and the Blue Jackets did not qualify for the playoffs? So no playoff hockey or basketball in Ohio. 2014. Zach says 2014. Josh, what say you? Yeah. I think. I don't, I'm, I, not, I'm not positive on the Cavs. I'm not positive on the Cavs here. But I want to say 2014. Okay, well, I'm not positive on the Blue Jackets, so. So, you're both saying 2014? Yeah. I'm pretty positive on the Blue Jackets. Oh, uh, you should. So close. Actually, the, the Blue Jackets did make the playoffs in 2014. Ah. The answer is 2013, oh, where man. the Cavs finished 24 and 58, 13th in the East. I was sure on that. So that was right before LeBron came back. That was right before LeBron came back. And the cat and the uh, Blue Jackets finished ninth in the West in what was actually the last shortened season in hockey, the forty-eight game season, and also Columbus's last season in the Western Conference. Man, so what we what, won the what we finish that? Yeah, did Zach win that one? Yes, I believe the final score was one to nothing. Zach, wait, I got like two right. No, you did not. He got he got one and a half because he got the bonus uh, question. Well, yeah, yeah, he got the bonus question. Yeah. I forgot I was close on that. Huh, the trivia. The one, the one hockey question. The one I hockey question. Right. Trivia Emporium is hard. That is. Well, if you guys have any questions that you want to ask on the Trivia Emporium or any thoughts on the questions asked, feel free to reach out. Maybe we should change the name to the Greg Trivia Horror House. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I'm wearing the, uh, the FC Cincinnati jersey, and I am the big loser in this uh, conversation here. So I'll, I'll go ahead and get us started and just, <laughs> I, I, I just want to, uh, I just want to apologize to everyone that might've watched that game last night. That's not what defending in football looks like. Um, it was, it was an abomination and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to see that. What? I thought the defending looked fine. The crew's back line was, was okay. The I mean, if you, if you, okay. <laughs> Few, bl few, few blemishes, but I was pretty happy with it overall. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about ours. So, really, it wasn't the first 15 minutes of the game, I think you can agree, uh, were 
We're fair. FC Cincinnati certainly came out with a little bit of, with a little bit of gusto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a little sloppy in the midfield, but that's been uh, with this MLS is back tournament and teams not playing for or doing any real scrimmages for a while. It can be expected that things are going to look a little sloppy. But uh, after that uh, first goal and that, I'm telling you, man, Lucas Zalarian. If, if I can say one thing about this game, it's that, it, quite honestly, the crew looks really good, and we I think that was one of the last things we talked about on our last episode before the COVID thing happened and we took a break, was the signing of Lucas Solarian. And, man, is that guy going to make an impact. Yeah, a guy that they signed from Tigres in, in Liga MX was a little bit inconsistent down in Mexico, but certainly showed the talent, had a free kick in the 27th minute that was just... An absolute bomb. Oh, man. Right over the wall, just kissed the right post and went in, and that kind of started the avalanche because three minutes later, the FC Cincinnati defense just fell oh. apart. He uh, wasn't offside, though. He was like... Jazzy Zardes. That one, that second goal looked pretty close. Um, they, uh, Yeah, VR is, is available, but yeah. they haven't, they have not been using it in the tournament traditionally. Um... But that yeah, I mean, Zalarian. I mean, I he, he makes he makes that he makes that crazy run, draws that foul, and then takes that free kick and puts it in, like you said, Greg, just enough to where it kisses that top corner post and bars in. Couldn't have done it any better. That's a playmaker right there, and that's something that Columbus has that Cincinnati just seems to lack right now. I mean, I think looking at the standings right now, I mean, the crew is number one because they got that goal differential. Plus five, and then SC Cincinnati, 14, minus six, goal differential. Uh, Josh, we talked last night. Um, how far away is FC? People jacked about in the city of Cincinnati about this soccer team, and obviously they made the run in the USL, but uh, MLS has been a rough start. MLS has been a rough start, and, and I think the reason, the reason why is and it's kind of been Cincinnati's M.O., mm-hmm. and the reason they've never been able, even though they did win the regular season in their last season of USL, they still got booted from the playoffs and couldn't get it done with the roster that was supposed to be built for Division One. Yeah. And they spent all this money, they ran the table in the regular season and then couldn't get it done in the playoffs. It's kind of been their M.O. to not have an identity enough mm-hmm. to to execute their plan and it doesn't hurt i'm not making excuses but i've seen some crew fans on social media that are be like oh you're just making excuses make no mistake being a new coach and having to try and build this new style and not having any sort of scrimmage or friendly to test that against that's hard and then to just go into a tournament style yeah. play against your rivalry team right. on the derby. Well, they did have the, the, the firing, and it was kind of a weird yeah, situation. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Ron Yon's got fired. There was that whole thing that came out. There was a little bit of disconnect in the locker room mm-hmm. with that. We still haven't heard what happened with that story, and I certainly would like to know um, because I think it did create some toxicity in the locker room, whether that be from racist remarks from the coach, which I'm certainly not discrediting or anything, but, like, you can't tell me that this team doesn't have a disconnect in a locker room somewhere. And See, I don't know where that comes from. And I think there's that. And then also, I think the one thing that I saw, you know, just more from a soccer perspective is, like you said, they don't have an identity and they just 
try to take these flyers on players instead of really shoring up where their issues are. You know, right. they they had the biggest issue last or last year. They gave up the most goals in in you know MLS regular season history. Right. And didn't really do a whole lot on their back line. You look at Columbus coming from, you know, last year was a disappointing year, but two years ago they had Zach Steffen, who's a guy who's, you know, gone over to Europe, and then uh, Federico Iguain, who's a guy who, you know, got hurt and has kind of moved back. He was a solid European player, you know, brother of uh, Gonzalo Iguain, who's like a European superstar. But they fixed those parts. You know, they got Eloy Room from uh, the Curacao national team and a guy who's been successful in South America. They got Zella Ryan to replace Iguain from Liga MX. So they really went out and they said, these are where our issues are. You know, we have trouble at goal and we have trouble creating from our, you know, from our front attacking midfielder, you know, number 10 spot. And they really went out and did it. And I feel like FC Cincinnati just kind of tries to throw some money at some players and doesn't really look at, hey, this is our biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Let's throw money at it. Especially defense, because their defense yeah. has just been abysmal. Well, and I have, I very well said, I have two two points to add to your, to, in that they dump the money in the things that they they go out and address. This is what we need. They kind of build the pieces, and then they dump the money on the one thing they need the most. For Columbus, that was that that final like creative piece in the attacking third. They went out. And spent a team record seven million dollars on the transfer fee for Lucas Zellerion. That's three times more than their mm-hmm. previous record. So you got him for the next three years, and I'm pretty sure a fourth year option is on that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So you've got that as your attacking piece for the next, you know, window for you. Yeah. Cincinnati has never done anything like that. I mean, you look at we had our debut of our new uh, number ten, who's supposed to be our number ten guy, Sam DeYoung. And I like DeYoung. I think he will fit into the team eventually and everything. But, like, last night was very underwhelming because he hardly got the ball because possession is so sloppy in the midfield. Yeah, it was possession was 62% to 38% yeah. Columbus. Possession was pretty brutal. So, yeah, and then to the second point is that there's all this talk of Cincinnati's going after uh, Christian Atu and some other wingers or um, midfield guys. Mm-hmm. Why are we not going after a defense? I mean, Kendall Waston is the primary captain of our team for the past couple of years or whatever you want to call it. Who knows who the captain of this team is now? And I commend Kendall Waston for, you know, doing the, you know, being so involved in the social justice movement with MLS in MLS. He does a lot for the community. He's doing a lot of good off the field. On the field, the guy can't, the guy doesn't have his mark. I mean, last night, if you were to ask me, like, Who's Kendall Watson covering? Like, who, where, where is he on the field? Or if I were to go up to Kendall Watson and be like, do you know who Jesse Zardes is? Like, he, he plays for the national team, and he's the striker for this team. You might want to cover him. I mean, they just constantly would get burned up the center there by Zardes all night long. I got two questions. No, we're probably in this segment. I got two questions just for people like me. I don't know a lot about soccer. Two questions on this. Obviously, the crew was saved. Awesome. Would you say, crew being saved in this FC, you know, the hell is real derby, that's the best rivalry in MLS, just pure and simple, I would assume. And then also, um, kind of again, is Cincinnati in trouble of wasting the excitement here? 
if they don't get it together the next couple of years, are they going to wait? Is this going to be a turn? You know, I'll, let, I mean? I'll let Greg answer the yeah. rivalry question. I think rivalry-wise, I think the one issue that you have is you certainly have the, you know, the proximity mm -hmm. issues. I would say probably the top rivalry is still Portland, and Seattle. Seattle. Well, there, yeah. Just because you have the closest, and then also Portland and Seattle have both been huge soccer cities. Well, top, they've been huge soccer class. cities, yeah, yeah. and then also top class organizations. Right. I think for FC Cincinnati, I'll throw it over to Josh. I think they still have a little bit of time, especially right. with you know some of the COVID stuff. But once the new stadium opens, mm -hmm. if they have a down season or two after the the new stadium opens, that's yeah. really going to put First them on the, the back foot. Awesome. Yeah, the new stadium looks awesome. Both the new stadiums. Both the new stadiums. Oh, yeah, the the yeah, and that's why, do I, do I think that Columbus and Cincinnati yeah. could eventually be one of the premier rivalries in MLS? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. We um, hate people from Columbus. But... <laughs> But yeah, I think I think we've still got at least at least a year ways. Yeah. I think we could make a run, um, not a run for like any any sort of trophy or anything, but right. like at least put some momentum. I didn't together mean like I feel like yeah. I feel like instantly the soccer team came in and people were jacked, and I think it shocked people to the level that Cincinnati was like fully invested in soccer all of a sudden. It's been yeah. weird. And I just like, you kind of hope like you don't lose that moment. They yeah, because in I USL, mean, we get to see, in we, USL, they really made a meteoric rise. And I think yeah. people expected them to be decent and they were terrible. And then they come back this time and then they're yeah. still pretty bad. And I think I mean, you have fans are still a little worried. You had, you had our best defender get, make his debut just last night. You had our best midfield get just make his debut last night. Mm -hmm. You had our striker who didn't play last night because he's day-to-day -day with a thigh injury right now. You've got uh, Michael Vanderwerf, um, who actually is probably our best defensive get. He's in concussion protocol right now, so we still haven't seen him. And then Alan Cruz wasn't in the starting lineup last night. He's our best guy from last year and isn't yeah. making the starting lineup right now. So it goes back to that identity thing that they need to find but yeah, I think give it a few years. I don't think all hope is lost for FC Cincinnati. No, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. for for the less known soccer fan, yeah, that yeah. last night was abysmal and embarrassing. Um, but you have to also look at like a new coach that doesn't that his first game seeing right. his team in competitive play is a tournament style game he against looked, his Derby. Just like ah. <laughs> well. And I think the unusualness of the situation is fair. It's yeah. probably just like if you've oh, ever if you've ever wanted yeah. to see Mr. Clean look super oh, dejected yeah. and just mm -hmm. done with his life, go watch the FC Cincinnati match. Yeah, yeah. so be sure night. shout out y'all to give us uh, your takes on the game and what your expectations are for the crew in FC Cincinnati going forward. Because with a weird tournament and a weird rest of the season, it's sure to see some ups and downs by both of the teams but uh you know being a crew fan you hope they can keep up this momentum and i'm sure josh is hoping that you know fc cincinnati can start to figure it out because if there's one thing that i think both of us are sure of you know we want to see this rivalry grow and become one of the best if not the best rivalry in mls going forward absolutely mls is back just let's just enjoy the tournament for the ride so we want to give our cheers to end this show uh Cheers first off to Fretboard Brewing, their Bootsy IPA for being a solid beer of the week for us. Shout out to our pal Jim, the former Mets GM. Jim! And shout out to Ohio and 
their beer, guys. Do we have any last cheers? Josh? Uh, no, just uh, cheers to our listeners. Uh, I know we went dark there for a minute. Um, so to like any of our old listeners, like welcome back. We're glad to be back to any of our new listeners. Glad, glad to have you here in the great state of Ohio, drinking beer with us, talking sports with us. Send us your takes at the OHDN. Zach, any last parting cheers? Um, not to be appreciated, but just cheers to everybody wearing the mask. And let's all wear the mask and we can get sports back. Absolutely. Mask on. And my final cheer, cheers to 30 Rack being back. Cheers to drinking beer with my friends being back. And cheers to sports being back. Thank goodness. Thank you guys so much for listening tonight or today or whenever you decide to listen on any podcast platform. Be sure to share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack Sports. Peace. 30 Rack.